the bare necessities, the simple bare Hello and welcome to episode 26 of That's a Shame. I, as ever, am Isaac and with me from his, well, an unusual place for Declan to be at any given time of day. It is Declan. How are you? I'm very well, thank you, Isaac. Kneeling on the floor, <laughs> leaning on a bed, as ever I am for this podcast, just in a different country. It's nice that some things change while others, uh, specifically your comfort level during the show, <laughs> remains at rock bottom. <laughs> it's heartwarming. It's dreadful. How are you doing? How's your life? Uh, not bad. It's uh, It's been quite a, a hectic week. Uh-huh. As uh, anyone... I, I'm in Ireland at uh, the moment. Yes, of course. Because uh, last weekend, just a... In fact, the same day that we recorded the last episode, I think. Uh-huh. Uh, About three weeks ago. That was the one. Um, About a year. We got a phone call uh, saying that my, my girlfriend's dad had had a heart attack. Oh, dear. Uh, and he lives in Ireland. Mm-hmm. So uh, everyone else in the family was sort of like quite busy and couldn't get over for a couple of days. Um, but me being <laughs> ostensibly <Not> unemployed... <laughs> um, but I, I have a podcast. I know. <laughs> I dropped everything. <laughs> and uh, and no, and so I, I drove my girlfriend and her sister over. So mm-hmm. uh, I had a lovely six-hour drive to Wales. Oh, and yeah. And then a four-hour ferry to right. to uh, to Ireland. And then a three-hour drive from there to another bit of Ireland. <laughs> oh, fun. And that took place from the lovely hours of uh, about two o'clock in the afternoon to 8am the next morning oh the driving hours yeah that's the one everyone's peak yeah absolute favorite for the road i essentially went because i mean the 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 ferry across was uh midnight to Uh 4am and then the rest of the drivers on this side and i've been up for god knows how many hours and i just drove with the assumption that ireland is too backward to have speed cameras (laughs) Just barreling on if, if, it, if it does, then I'll, I will come home to the news that I no longer have a license. <laughs> but uh, but I, I'm not having it. No, that's fair enough. It's emergencies where you had to drive. Exactly. I thought <clears> you could have wrangled that in court. Yeah. And if I hadn't blatantly said that it was criminal intent on my yeah. own podcast. I'll edit that bit out. I'll yeah, hold good. It fantastic. So, yeah, it's been a while since we recorded because we had to do a couple. We did like one a day for it felt like about three months <laughs> it became like we we run a daily morning show or something or drive time and then since then it's been nine days did we work out since yeah we about lost? nine days and i've forgotten the whole principle of podcasting i just don't don't remember much about how we kind of address each other we haven't really spoken <laughs> either no i know it's, we've both been quite busy which and I, should mean that we have lots to discuss uh should you got anything nope. No, nah. you, of course you do. You've been to Disneyland. Oh, of course I've been there. That's the kind of research trip I always go on for this show. And, How was um, that using the show's joint budget? <laughs> yeah, sorry, did I not mention? I had, I had a nice ferry from Fishguard. You, you spent three days in Disneyland. <laughs> tell, tell me a bit about Fishguard before we go into Disneyland, because I I do worry about it as a title, as a concept, well, as a place. As my girlfriend's brother said, it sounds like a really shit knockoff of Horse Guards Parade. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, it's uh, a small village on uh, on the mm, southeast coast, not southeast, uh-huh. southwest coast. Sorry, of uh, of Wales. 
Mm-hmm. And the only reason it exists is because there is a, a, a ferry port there. Um, but it's really odd because you assume that it's going to be a bigger place than it is because there are signs for it about 50 miles away. Oh. And it's like, yeah, this is, you know, fish guards, this road. Full of itself. And you're like, well, this, you know, sounds huge, but really it's just because it's one of the only reasons anyone would ever go to <laughs> Wales. Only way to leave it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> once you've gone Don't in, worry, guys. Once you've gone Keep in going. one side. Yeah. Straight um, out to fish guard. So, but it is like, it's a really odd place like i I think it's only just realizing that because it has people coming through it it has the chance to to be something more than some shitty little coastal fishing town Mm -hmm. because uh it is it does look really nice and looks sort of really old and it's one of these like very hilly places that's a bit like the french coast and whatnot Mm. uh but it is also slightly stuck very much in the past um in that uh in some ways that's good um, because it means that uh, we 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 parked the car somewhere, and it was forty p for three hours. Wow! And it was four pounds eighty for a week. <laughs> when we when, that's only because no one has well, exactly. ever left a car there for more than one minute. But we like when when we got to Ireland and we were visiting my girlfriend's dad in hospital, it was five euros forty for two hours. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> Could have stayed there for nine days in Fishguard. <laughs> Fishguard. Um, yeah. So in that sense, that's quite nice that it's still old. I feel like but if you leave your car in Fishguard for a week, it comes back and it's all covered in like barnacles. It's just a like sheep. part of the ship, part <laughs> of the crew. Yeah. <laughs> um, but we. Uh, the, the, one of the downsides of it being so uh, so quaint and old is that I actually had better signal in the middle of the Irish Sea <laughs> than I did anywhere in Fishguard. Like you don't I, got none of them cell towers here, boy. <laughs> Those be government control devices. <laughs> I don't know why we've given them West Country accents rather than Well, Welsh. it's the best coastal <laughs> accent there is. Fishguard. <laughs> Fishguard is a horrible name for a place, isn't it? It sounds yeah. like a kind of someone who doesn't know the word aquarium. Yeah. Trying to just grasp at its basic <laughs> concept. Um. But we, but then, you know, so you drive through and you think, oh, this is some absolute backwards mm-hmm. village. You assume you're going to get hot fuzzed into the next life or something. <laughs> and, uh, and so I, I left my phone on charge in the car, kind of charging yeah. through the one of those, one of the very old fashioned cigarette lighter ports. Oh, wow. Um, but then when, when we got to this little pub that from the outside looked like any country bumpkin pub, um, they had sort of USB sockets at every table. Ooh. It's like being in some sort of swanky London bar in the West End or something. We've got Google Fiber <laughs> straight to the bar. <laughs> Amazing. Iris dispensed with West Country, just gone pirate. <laughs> <laughs> You're next to the sea. <laughs> You're a man of the sea. <clears throat> That's lovely. So they're really trying to make something of it. Yeah, it they. Like. It, it, but it felt like they'd only just realised they could. Uh-huh. Like it's, it, it must have been a, a ferry port for for like decades, a thousand years. Yeah, um, but it, it felt like this one guy was suddenly like, "Oh, but people sometimes like their electricity, don't they?" When they come <laughs> they love a USB. <laughs> <laughs> can't get enough of them. <laughs> There's nothing you can't send through a USB. I don't know what they do with them, but they're awful useful. <laughs> They think we're like praying to them. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a new religion. It's some kind of fashion statement. <laughs> I tell you what, the days of the rosary are over. <laughs> so, 
so so yeah like this this one pub was sort of quite quite ahead of its time as it were yeah well not kind of not ahead of its of its time but ahead of the rest of wales is what i mean (laughs) Uh, yeah i think the pub must be um, Mm -hmm. inherently in places like that because it's the it is the public house isn't it it's the place of uh where people convene yeah that's that's essentially what i'm trying to say I what about that theory that you know the song Jerusalem uh about how and did those feet in ancient times yeah. walk upon England's you know, mountains so, green yeah so Jesus right the theory is must have landed at one of these ports and imagine if he had to go through fish guard do you think he would have just turned right back and gone up to heaven then and there he just right. ascended 20 right, dad, years early right dad dad dispense with this place. <laughs> do not I repeat, Let's do not get another flood let going. them in. <laughs> I was reading a children's book about Noah's Ark the other day at uh, my girlfriend's house. And um, it just got me thinking about how odd that story is in so many, like there are so many odd things about it. Yeah. The first and foremost of which I think is that he keeps referring to, so he's got his list of like what Noah's got to do. He's like, right, I'm going to, you know, the whole world, Noah, that's... <laughs> going <laughs> down okay we're having a and big revamp like, yeah and he's like right so the fowl of the air fuck them they're <laughs> little flying dickheads and i want them dead so they're gone the beast of the land don't get me started on those guys man of course he's gone and then he keeps referencing the creeping thing which it turns out refers i think to insects or at least some no, slender man <laughs> yes that's it but but it's such a weird turn of phrase. You can't just... Do you think Noah knew what it meant when he was like, so yeah, we've got the foul in the just, air, the creeping thing. Oh, let me stop you there, God. The, what was that last one? Yeah, no, creeping thing. Air. We haven't got time for this, Noah. Let's move on. Noah, what, Noah just so like weird. at dinner with his wife, like just through, through the process of elimination. I don't want to fuck this up, but he's just not big on questions. <laughs> he's very vague. I mean, it's all the poetry is great, but the, the specifics are really, it's weird because he's so specific about how many cubits the whole fucking arc has to be like down to the exact dimensions of like its breadth and depth, but he won't specify beyond the creeping thing. Just, the other... Do you think Noah, Noah's like just walking around pointing at stuff and like, cool, look at this creeping thing. And just looking to see if God nods. No, <laughs> he just smites it. Oh, Noah, okay. you card. <laughs> I knew I chose well with you, son. <laughs> a, a, a sense of humour, that's what this ship needs. <laughs> and also, so, a big question that I was left with by the whole debacle of the flood right. is that if the whole idea was to eradicate, it's basically like pushing reset on your Nintendo yeah. 64, isn't it? He's like, I yeah. fucked it up in a big way. I'm going to start again. We'll just keep the cream of the crop. So if the creeping thing... Which, let's remind ourselves, insects are like the most plentiful animal type on the planet, aren't they? There's like, for each of us, there's about 8 billion ants ready to wear your clothes and take your place and take your job and marry your wife. Joel, do you remember when they went at primary school when you used to have to call them mini beasts? I hated that. I really, even at the time, resented calling them. And I never would in writing. They used to, because we had to do this thing. Yeah. I went to about. I love that this has awakened some real. It's really. I just felt a pang of rage. Uh, I went to three primary schools, I think, over 
over the, the years of primary school, obviously. <laughs> and every time an I refused to say mini beasts, they <laughs> shipped no, me off to a new was, one. <laughs> I kept arriving at new ones and doing the same module in <laughs> mini beasts. So I did it about three times. And each time, I don't know if you had this, did you ever have to suck up insects with a straw? I'm, I'm <laughs> leaving this podcast. <laughs> I'm out. Don't tell no, me that you didn't no, have to no. do this because what? I know it wasn't what just me. Do you mean you you you've been the victim of one of the most insidious crimes, and somehow you've been tricked into it by three different perverts, all of them in service of the creeping thing, who's really getting his own back as the millennial roll on. No, what it was, right? This is definitely not just me because there were classes of people doing this. They are all dead. (laughs) What's that locust ingestion? (laughs) Straight to the corpse land with you, son. So what it was, it was in your mini beast module. So you used to have to go out to like the school garden Mm -hmm. or whatever, like the playground, just around the edges of the concrete. And you got a device. You had to wear goggles in case the mini beasts went in your eyes for some reason. (laughs) And I think we had to wear lab coats at one of the schools as well, just to kind of get you in the mood. Right. I was probably about six at the time. And um, <sighs> you got a device that was like, I'm going to struggle to describe it. Imagine one long straw, right? A okay. long plastic straw. I'm with you so far. Too long to, dr- no, too wide to drink through comfortably because you'd need to exert a lot of pressure on it. Right. To suck up your Coke or whatever, or your mini beasts. And then in the middle of it, so it's kind of bisected, and in the middle of it is stuck this glass or plastic chamber into which you suck the insects. And there was, I can't remember which way around it is, but there's some magic of air pressure that means that you either blew or sucked the tube in order for the... So you, you have one in your mouth and then you put one over the mini beast, which is usually, I think it was only ever an ant, because what the fuck else is in a Lewisham primary school? So you put it over the little mini beast and then you either blow or suck. And if you do the right one, it ends up in the chamber so you can study it. And there's like part of the plastic bit would be a bit magnifying glassy. And if you you do the wrong one, you blow it it into the core of the earth. (laughs) No, no, it goes, it comes all the way into your mouth. Well, like you eat it. No, no, no primary school ever... (laughs) <laughs> ever well i'm here ever, to say that no, pr- no primary school ever legally made any child use a piece of scientific equipment where there was a 50 percent chance you would just be sucking ants off of the floor straight into the throat it Look, didn't i'm sorry happen. if you missed out on this can you, feel, experience. can you feel the envy oh dear i had forgotten all about this yeah and so no fucking to- wonder you used to have to suck them up and then study them. And then they would always be very clear about which one you did. It would be like, right, remember to blow into the tube, not suck it or you'll oh, yeah, eat all these Oh, yeah, that's how five-year-olds work. But no, it yeah. didn't. You're right, because there would always be a few kids who ended up having to, like, cough up a, a beetle. <laughs> Quite harrowing, like bits of a leg coming out of their mouth, still twitching. But in conclusion, the whole mini-beasts scandal <laughs> is one that has... Uh, Never failed to annoy me. I don't like it whenever there's one of these terms that immediately drop out of your lexicon. Like it's a really specific thing you have to study at school. And then they just forget about it as a whole concept. And Mini Beast is really the the foremost example. <sighs> you were talking about Noah. Yeah, okay. So the creeping thing. Oh, yeah. So my point here was just that um, if the problem was the whole world, then why 
is your solution <clears throat> to enact a flood, which, if anything, just increases the habitat of a huge amount of the world. Like, why have the fish done nothing wrong? Or uh, the whales? Or, like, I, whatever else lives in the sea? I, I didn't think that the idea was that elephants necessarily had. I thought the idea was that man had fucked up. But he wanted to, he specifically says, I want the creeping thing dead. And I want the <laughs> fowl of the earth. No, the fowl of the sky. He's like, fuck them. <laughs> Apart from the one that he needs. Apart from that little dove that yeah. comes back. It's really odd, yeah. And um, also, apparently the ark didn't have any windows. It was just a great big floating cube, like a kind of uh, that puzzle box in the Clive Barker film. Yeah. What one? Hellraiser? I'm going with Hellraiser. And so that was just floating around like a big Rubik's cube through the sea with two of every animal inside. While all the fish, they're just getting off on it. <laughs> just loving they just it. got more space than ever. I suppose, though, that then when the waters receded, they would have been clinically oh, depressed. fucked, yeah. yeah. Maybe the trick was, like, he just realised that the fish's problem was a kind of arrogance. Or maybe that they hadn't reflected enough on their own crime. So he was like, what I'll do is I'll give them a taste of victory on the planet. Like, they'll become the dominant species, and then I'll take that away. So yeah. they've got, like, a real emotional Complex. Pain. Yeah. That's clever of God, actually. I take it all back. Do you remember when? Um, do you remember when the Malaysian Airlines flight went missing? Oh yeah, a few years ago, and uh, I think it was. It might have been Hannity, or it was. It was oh. some sort of. I think it was. It was some Fox News host uh, was interviewing an expert on the matter, um, mm. trying to get out of him when they might find it. And in the build-up to the question, said, "You know, it took us. It took us ninety years to find the Titanic. It took us two thousand years to find Noah's Ark." Ooh, how, how long until we find you there, <laughs> <laughs> And you just sat watching, thinking, "This is this about? is such like this isn't a you know oh, we got the the dates of the First World War wrong. This is <laughs> <laughs> this man believes in an entirely fictional boat, <laughs> and then like where did he read that it was found? What does he think happened to it now? Where this can we go thing, see like, it? Where they found." there's evidence of like a flood in that area isn't there and like there's a lot of myths and and accounts of a similar time like lots of creation stories involve a flood and they reckon it can be traced back to an actual flood that happened in like syria or something right but the thing is there's no <laughs> giant boat filled of with very filled, specific dimensions filled with, filled with like animal skeletons, skeletons. <laughs> <laughs> no they got let out of course Actually, um, you never really hear about that bit, do you? <laughs> no, it I just left forgot. it shut. <laughs> he just tossed a lighter over his shoulder and thought, fuck them. Speaking of boats, though, mm -hmm. it segues quite nicely, doesn't it? Oh, it does. That was remarkable. Into something that we did want to talk about, uh, which yes. was ferries. Yes. Because um, I, I had to take a ferry, and I have to take mm -hmm. another one tomorrow. And am I right in thinking that you got a ferry? Yeah, I got a ferry both ways. Really? I hadn't... I hadn't been on a ferry. So this is just the Dover to Calais ferry. Yeah. Which is like an hour and a half. Yeah. Two hours most. And um, the thing about it for me was that in my head, that I think the last time I'd done it, I'd probably been about maybe 11 or something. Yeah. And I'd done it once for a school trip, I think. And in my head, the concept of going on that ferry was so tightly entangled with the fun and the excitement of holiday. So it's the same way that like you have those memories or I have those memories. Maybe you do as well. I won't assume of getting up like whenever you had to get up really early to go 
to like this train station or the airport yeah. or something and you associate it even though you feel really shit getting up at four or something or it's probably like six then you still have the the excitement that you're like going on holiday or like going to visit somewhere yeah. to get you through and what my experience of the ferry this time was uh it served to shatter all illusions of of grandeur that I'd ever managed to cling on to from my childhood. It was one of the most depressing experiences of my recent life. But let's hear about your ferry first. Because I I I, I like ferries mm-hmm. and I always have. And I have no delusions of grandeur. Like I don't see the fish guard to Rosslare ferry as some kind of round the world <laughs> cruise. It's not like an Agatha Christie death on the nile experience no absolutely not um i i I recognize that they're terrible but that's why i love them because Uh a bit like being a refugee or something it Uh just shows you how far people are willing to go (laughs) and that's why i love it well in this in this instance for comfort Uh, because like i said earlier the the ferry that i got was the midnight to 4 a.m ferry across the Mm -hmm. irish sea all anyone wanted to do was sleep but Mm -hmm. so much of the the boat the ship the ferry uh is seemingly taken up with rooms that you either can't go into can't afford to go into or (laughs) are a bar um yes and so you know the the clever people kind of get on quick, find the the sort of comfiest seating area and sit down. My uh, my girlfriend and her sister found this place and they sort of like got all set up and they were really comfortable reclining chairs and were all ready to to go. But then were scuppered by the uh, announcement over the tannoy that in that room there was going to be a showing of Moana. <laughs> For the, <laughs> what? So, At like one a.m. Yeah, so no one could sleep because well, they had Lin Manuel's whiny screeching bullshit filling the air um that's ill-judged i feel then you know because i i I probably should have gone to sleep but i i still get like you like you said i still get childishly excited by ever going on boats i love being on boats yeah i like a boat uh and i I like being on on the open sea Mm -hmm. um and so I was always just going to be sort of wandering around and having a look and also because like i say i just love watching people go about their lives on a, on a huge boat in the middle yeah. of the night. Um, there were some absolute geniuses who commandeered like the soft play area for kids and oh, just used it as, and used it as like a huge bed. That's a shame. It was it was like and they just went to sleep. <laughs> it was so good. I I walked past them and then uh, I went down and sat next to my girlfriend. And she was like, "Have you seen those people lying down in the crash? Genius, absolute genius." <laughs> Um, but then there's people who've pushed like two tables together. And I'm like, you're on the ocean. Like, if you, if you're, you can't lie on top of that. <laughs> All it takes is one wave and you're fucked. <laughs> there's people lying on benches. And then I went into the, the restaurant bar area, which I tell you what is the saddest place you could possibly be at 3 a.m. Like, if mm-hmm. you've ever been in a sort of shitty dive bar in, in like London or something in the middle of the night. And uh, everyone's kind of packing up, but they're still serving. And you thought, oh, this is bleak. Well, mm-hmm. pop on to the old fish guard <laughs> to Rosslare midnight to 4am ferry and see a room that's probably designed to fit about 200 people. Yeah. Probably more than that. Be filled with two dozen people. 
All spread out. All spread out, mostly around the edges, no one in the middle. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like they are primary school disco. Yeah. And they are split into three groups of trying to sleep elderly alcoholics. <laughs> They're the real winners. <laughs> they make their own fun. <laughs> For them, just being translated from the boat to land is, is very much just <laughs> it's just a bit of official business that has to take place yeah. in order to continue essentially the same existence, seafaring or otherwise. <laughs> Bless. And people who still want to eat. Mm-hmm. Um, I decided to combine the latter two i decided to be an elderly drinker and be eating yeah there was something like really surreal it, it was like a sort of lynchian dream sequence about ordering fish and chips at sea at 2am <laughs> <laughs> and just sitting by the window looking out as this lighthouse flashes away like Ooh. on the on the horizon um and looking around at people contorted into some of the least comfortable shapes i've ever seen human beings <laughs> like i i really think that people wholly underestimate just the floor as a like for, comfort space for, for millennia yeah we slept on the floor yeah my go-to is always the floor yeah. if there's the if at a house party or even just in my own normal like visiting a friend's house usually if there's like the slightest hint that i'm not getting a bed i'm just instantly collapsed onto the floor yeah like, uh, I'll, I'll be here yeah and, and well who are these fucks who sleep in the bath at house parties who it's is so that? And it's what? it's people only do it because they've seen it in like american pie scene yeah, yeah exactly because it's objectively shit really like, what are you really doing? uncomfortable it's like you're gonna wake up with a neck that has all the malleability of varnished connects and it's gonna hurt for like a week but you see people on on ferries doing equally stupid things like there are people you know they had loads of booths like booth Mm -hmm. tables um and there are people with their feet in the booth lying out and instead of kind of bending at the knee so they can stay on have fully extended but just got the head hanging off the end that's, that's like nice you're asking to be rush. decapitated <laughs> to get the bends yeah so yeah that was my experience as well and i didn't really realize that this was a universal the way we treat ferries because in my head like i say my abiding memories of going on the ferry with like friends or uh family to to france was you'd go on there's an arcade yep. there's often like a play area yep there was you'd have like a sit-down meal and a drink and just watch and then it was kind of over but what happened this time was so you parked in there is something about the lighting of the bit that you park it's in like a sort of like every horror film at once yeah. because it's got like it has the twin qualities of like an industrial warehouse thing but then also like the dockyard scene and there's a fluorescence uh, like paint like- that is over like washed out or just a tower car park yeah it's really very odd so you go from there up the stairs and um i think i'd forgotten like my wallet or something in the car so i just went back down everyone's like flooding up the stairs and i just went back sort of like moved to the side went back down i was probably about 20 seconds behind the bulk of the people like if i'd carried on rather than doubling back i would have been one of the first hundred people onto yeah. the main deck so in the time it took me to go back to the car, get my wallet and come back, 
when I arrived, everyone had assumed positions <laughs> that gave the impression that they had been there, weathering this the whole storm of their life <laughs> of a civil war for yeah. decades. There were people like lying in the stairwells, like across flights of stairs, like it's they were so waiting good. to be rescued by the Red Cross. It was so weird. It's like the apocalypse, isn't it? But why? Do, why is that an exclusively nautical I think, attitude? I think because people are probably there either because they booked too late and couldn't get on the Euro Tunnel. <laughs> um, the Euro Tunnel's too claustrophobic for them. Is that a thing? Or people they just don't like it? Yeah. Or they oh. just didn't know about it somehow after two just, decades like i recognize because canterbury is pretty close to dover which yeah. didn't really hadn't really considered so it was a really short drive there and then we were only going a couple of hours the other side so i guess if you're coming from like yeah. a much longer journey yeah i can see why you'd be tired but i think just sleep but i don't see why you'd fucking sleep on just on random bits of the floor think- like someone was asleep in on the toilet door like just <laughs> against it like they'd been shot like what's just, that about? I, I think it's because people are so aware that suddenly they've come from being in a space that is entirely theirs yeah, to a space that's very public and they know they're going to be there for a long time potentially, certainly on like a four hour ferry. Mm-hmm. And and so they, they know that they need a base, like they need somewhere they know they can go back to, where they can sit down, where they can lie down, where they can sleep. And they are certain that at the slightest hint of them moving like having a table in a busy restaurant that someone's just going to nab it straight away and yeah. so people set up these fiercely protected little alcoves for themselves and it's yeah anywhere it had the, they can the vibe of like a uh, society like after the government collapses and everyone forming into little enclaves yeah like as i was walking on the second ferry on the way home uh this was at like midnight again i think midnight to two whatever and um same kind of vibe, everyone huddled. But this time, the captain, that's what person's in charge of a ship, in it? A captain. Sure. Yeah, the boat pilot, he didn't announce when he was like, we've we set off a bit late, so we're going to run on four engines the whole way there. I'm like, well, why the fuck didn't you do that on the way out? If you've got four, <laughs> here's an idea. Because, I, well, I'll come back to how disappointingly slow the whole concept is in a second. Um, but yeah, so he was like gunning it, as much as a ferry can on the way home. And this meant that there was quite a lot of like sea turbulence. And so it had the effect of people, everyone just sort of stayed still in their places. People weren't really walking around. The only people who were walking around were like staff who are kind of lilting, uh, drunks who were also lilting for a different reason and children who were just running. Yeah. And it had this kind of, um, it felt like after an outbreak of a plague or something, a hospital corridor that you'd walk through and you'd like look into a room and everyone's eyes kind of catch yours with sorrow and maybe a bit of blood like <laughs> dripping down. Yep. Because I was walking around because I didn't like sitting still by the no, window while the boat well. was chucking me around like a dickhead. <laughs> so I was like, I'm not having this. I'm going to walk against the power of this boat and show the sea who's boss. So I was walking all around trying to find the open deck, which was shut because... I guess people would have just jumped off in really? despair at the whole premise. <laughs> See, the, the, the open deck was uh, was open for us, the top deck. Oh, I was, I was for the majority of it, the only person out there because I, I like was excited by the whole idea. I love being out there. I took a, a, a really kind of like creepy set of videos just of like wandering around the deck because oh. there was no one there. And I, But looking back at it, it looks like 
found footage that when, <laughs> when I eventually get murdered, yeah, people will be like, it, "Well, he the got whole chased. thing is just a horror set because, like yeah. I was saying, like just walking around, everyone just watches you as if like they've never seen anyone do this before. It's like the bit in the infection film where the doctor appears, or like the person who has the cure, yeah, and everyone's like watching, like judging what the situation is going to be like. Do we have to run, or is this person here to help? And I just was walking around like, where am I? How has it come to this? P&O used to be like a civilised <laughs> way of travelling. Yeah. It was like you'd P&O have a, glass a way of, of champagne. Life. Yeah. And now it's just one hour and a half of terror trying to avoid everyone else. But yeah, on the way out, there were two things that immediately set up for me that I was going to have a bad experience. <laughs> Three, actually. I just remember. So the boat was called the Pride of Canterbury, <laughs> which is an inauspicious title. And it had a big sign that I'll tweet out that was like... Home of three, escape the rooms. (laughs) Yeah, they love them there. It was like, welcome to aboard the Pride of Canterbury. And then it had a big map of the three decks. Like, you are here. And all that it did, like when it had what's on board the Pride of Canterbury in giant letters, followed by what was on board, it just looked like the setup and punchline to its own joke that (laughs) nothing was on board. (laughs) It's like, well, I hope you like... uh, the bar being shut both ways <laughs> and the Starbucks not existing. But if you want to buy perfume, there's a fuck ton of that. So it's great. So that was a, a downer. Then um, I hadn't really noticed when the boat started moving because it seems to creep along so slow, yeah. at about the speed of like bits of Pangea escaping from its own <laughs> landmass, like just at tectonic pace, just very slowly. Like you kind of feel like if you could just mount, I don't know, a bit of earth that happens to be traveling in the right direction, you'd end up there faster. So that was a shame because I I just was hoping for, you want some feeling of motion when you're traveling or you're going to go insane. And then lastly, they came, the only thing that was open was like the food court. So we went up to get coffee and uh, I had black coffee, but everyone else was looking for some milk and he'd kept gesturing to this corner of the room (laughs) where there was clearly nothing resembling white milk what it was it was this big vat that you had to stick your hand in like uh one of those um crystal maze puzzles where you put your hand through some some brushes and you have to tell what it's on the other side and out you pull you kind of reach around groping in the dark as if you're about to find like a bit of flesh or like someone's brain as a big prank and then you pull out this carton that just has in big bold capital letters tastes like fresh milk (laughs) (laughs) such an upsetting concept no more questions (laughs) yeah don't worry about it i mean it tastes like fresh milk it was a a real shame the whole thing i think i would enjoy it if i now knew that was what to expect because it was funny but it was just so unexpected that i i couldn't enjoy it at the time it just made me feel a bit sick that's fair I mean, I didn't have any such kind of horrific experience. The bar was open for the driver. Oh, I couldn't really have much bar. because obviously I was driving when I got to the other side. Oh, yeah. But I, I, like, I had one drink. I, they, they did look at me somewhat suspiciously when I ordered it. And mm. I thought, oh, maybe they know I'm driving. But then I was like, also, maybe, <laughs> maybe they know it's 2 a.m. in the middle of the ocean. <laughs> and uh, no one else here is conscious. Yeah. I feel like the rules of the ocean are just drink whenever you There can, was though. one man who I think epitomizes this post-apocalyptic mindset Mm -hmm. uh, from my journey over 
uh, who I went when they did the announcement. They're like, okay, we're going to be uh, coming into Ross Lair soon. Uh, so uh, be ready for the announcement about returning to your car. Mm-hmm. So I was like, right, I'm going to go out on deck and sort of get the wind in my face and wake myself up again before the drive. And I went out and there was one man. I don't know if he just panicked or what, <laughs> but he was asleep on a bench on the open deck. Oh, wow. With an, with man. an unlit cigarette in his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I just sort of like shook him awake. It was like something from the day after tomorrow. <laughs> like, <laughs> guy we're, we're moving on <laughs> go without me <laughs> he was like oh cheers lad thanks i was like well no problem are you all right <laughs> yeah no. yeah fine fine haven't been the same since the war <laughs> haven't been the same since fish guard <laughs> oh, ever since they got usb it was no place for a man like me <laughs> i'm looking forward even more now to my uh, to my ferry home tomorrow because i'm getting yeah, i'm getting a really early morning one so uh mm-hmm. so it's kind of the opposite feeling perhaps and and see what's going on they did have the infamous batman game on my ferry oh yeah that's lucky they didn't have anything of the sort do you want to do you want to tell, tell alice a little bit about the batman game so imagine guys it's a classic arcade driving game setup except there's a big twist here that you'd never <laughs> guess from something that purports to be a game and that is, when you think game, you think, oh, what's the difference between a game and a film? Well, I guess a film I kind of watch passively and I might think about what's going on, but ultimately I'm not going to affect the narrative in a big way, it having already been filmed and rendered and broadcast on the screen. Whereas with a game, I'm going to dive in and, you know, make decisions in real time. The thing about the Batman game is that whilst you have the appearance of control... <laughs> and a steering wheel and a gear stick and some pedals, nothing that you do has any remote correlation to what the Batman himself (laughs) opts to do with his giant bat car whilst driving straight into lampposts on the streets of Gotham, despite the fact that the fucking thing can fly. (laughs) So it's one great big um, excuse, I suppose, for an arcade game, because you put money in and then just watch it crash slowly. I am certain... I'm certain that in about five years' time, there's going to be a really famous study about kind of game psychology and how much, oh, yeah. how much like audience in, audience input is registered and mm-hmm. what the output means to them, and that the Batman game will be at the centre of it as a game where <laughs> only yeah. one in ten of your <laughs> decisions <laughs> has any impact. Yeah, and it's great. Uh, and we'll see like. They'll, they'll have like interviews with people who have got all the high scores and be like, oh, how, so how did you do it? And they're like, oh, yeah, well, I've been practicing for years. <laughs> really have to get into the mind of a Batman. Think, well, when would he turn left? Where would that man of Bat go with his time? <laughs> and did I tell you, so I looked up how much it would be to buy one. Oh, yeah. Because it's been our did you actually lifelong look it up? goal. Yeah, I did. Oh, it's I, been our I lifelong you made goal. No, to own a, um, an air hockey tape. Yes. And we had a plan that we were going to get a flat. We'd get nothing else except an air hockey table that we'd have to sleep one on, one under. Uh, <laughs> Alternating. On. Like, yeah, depending on how hot it is, you can turn the fans on or off. And it was like, I think they're about started at two grand or something for an air hockey table. The Batman game, guess how much if you want to buy it outright? Ballpark. 70 grand. Oh, no. It's not that much. <laughs> I was just it was 20 panicked. grand. That's a lot of money. It's a lot because it's, uh, a chair and a screen and a bat 
I'd, and I have for, all for, three of those within t- 100 yards. For 20 grand, I'd want an actual Batmobile. Yeah, like, how long is it going to take? Imagine 20,000 people playing your Batman game before you make a return on it. <laughs> it's mad. <laughs> it's really quite a shame. Especially so now that we've exposed Batman. it for the scam that for it is. absolute scoundrel of a game. It's more it of a is. scam than those red telephone boxes. <laughs> yeah, they're dreadful, all of them. But no, we didn't have anything of the sort. We had House of the Dead 1, which was out of service. What with it not being 1928 <laughs> yeah, anymore. Say, yeah. <laughs> the original House of the Dead was just a walkthrough experience. It's so old that the digital zombies have died again. <laughs> just natural causes. It's just a house now. It was it's just the, the initial one was just cardboard cutouts that some guy in the machine was moving. <laughs> they never let him out. Yeah. It was, um, the arcade was a, a great big shame because there's always one character in the arcade who's too obsessed with the fruit machine. Yeah. Well, this is, this is one of the things that I think is a problem with fairies that would be really easily rectified, which is that they only have room or they only have the equipment to entertain maybe 3% of yeah. the total population. So what are the rest of them to do except Somehow live out some weird to entertain Armageddon fantasy? <laughs> Yeah. that they have of sort of like being bare grills or something because there I were like it would be there oh were God. eight games in the arcade and then there were mm-hmm. six slot machines like, well there's like 500 people on this ferry yeah what turns out no one wants to play them even then <laughs> yeah the bar restaurant was enormous mm-hmm. i cannot believe for one second that it's ever been more than 20 percent full mm-hmm and even it's then, sad, and even then, most of them probably just trying to sleep in some weird contorted <laughs> hell of a position. Rather what than struck eating. me about the whole boat thing as well was it was, had a very rundown feel. And I know that apparently P&O is doing very badly these days in the same way that like BN, BNA, no, British Airways has kind of cut costs. Apparently it's a bad time to operate a ferry. But if you're building rooms in a boat, like once you've built the outside of the boat, the room could look any way you wanted yep. it to. And all they've gone for is giant rectangles in beige <laughs> and in a color that already looks stained before it starts. It's just, you, where do you hope to go from there? Everything like not setting up success. Everything has the air of, you know, when you go into uh, a rundown uh, kebab shop, yeah. And they have those pictures of food that only looked good for the first day they were installed. But now, yeah. having had light shone through them a Fended. million watts for five straight years, everything <laughs> looks like it's been actually just left out in the sun. Like it was and real it's like food. a film of kebab grease as yeah. well that just sprays around. That you can just about make out that something maybe used to be red. <laughs> Yeah, you could taste the air on the ferry, and that's never a good sign. That's a shame. Yeah, it is a shame. Um, let me tell you a bit about Disneyland. I Please. haven't got that many points to tell you because, as we know, like I love Disney. It was always going to be great. It was actually a lot better than I remembered it being as well. Oh, that's good because I hadn't been there since I was like six or something. Yeah, and it's just bigger and more stuff than I, I remembered. As I told you already, I had dinner on the last, like the last thing we did. They've got a little fake Paris, which is quite funny for it being in France. Yeah. Uh, where they've themed some Ratatouille stuff. There's a Ratatouille ride and a shop and some restaurants and a little street and fountain and things like you're in Paris. And the last thing we did was have Ratatouille in the Ratatouille-themed restaurant, which was just delightful. What a great film that is. What a beautiful film with a tiny little rat who makes it as a chef. 
a lesson we can all <laughs> learn from, I'm sure. Um, so yeah, so that was good. The first and perhaps best thing that happened was when we arrived, I'd slept for about two hours, maybe. I slept about 40 minutes because we had to get up at like one o'clock to leave for the ferry. And that's a time at which I'm really coming into my stride in the day usually. Yeah. So I had about 35 minutes sleep there and then slept in the car a bit. But we kind of went straight, drove straight there, ferry, drive, check in, straight to the parks, no fucking around. No. And as we approached, like, the way Disneyland, I don't, I can't remember what the park is called. It's not the Magic Kingdom at Disneyland Paris. It's like Walt Disney Park or something. But as you approach, there's this big pink Disney hotel that's kind of the entrance gate. And then you go under that and you're in Main Street with a big roundabout looking straight down to uh, Sleeping Beauty's castle at the end. And um, there was a big bandstand in the middle of this roundabout. And as luck would have it, as if God himself were one of the biggest fans of this podcast ever to no, walk the heavens, they as I walked no. in, a brass band went... <laughs> it was almost note for note the exact arrangement that we use that our joe play here and it was just like there was no singing so i, I supplied that I'm, in, I'm i'm surprised that you didn't just vicinity. go around like signing autographs assuming it was <laughs> hey, for you anyway thank you ladies and gentlemen <laughs> yep no same show back on sunday back absolutely. on friday for the bonus episode <laughs> about that <laughs> But yeah, so that was pretty, that was an amazing start. Of course, I stayed and applauded raucously. What better introduction to, to Disneyland? I don't think there is really one that you could have. Then, um, it was all great. Like I say, like there's no particular shame that I encountered other than, uh, I guess the biggest shame for me was other people um, being there. Well, not that specifically because it was only one group of other people and i'm afraid to say it was all the english people <laughs> were fucking dreadful <laughs> absolute dire people who make you shit like, i feel like they're devaluing our stock as a, a stereotype in in the european union at a time like, when we need it most quite damaged <laughs> yeah i don't feel like they're making a strong case for brexit being a, a fair deal from the eu because they were just um they were the rudest they were like no attempt to speak french in a french park to french students mostly and like there was one guy we were queuing for breakfast and this i'm afraid to say he was a northern man uh letting my side down there he came behind us and it was to be fair it was quite a long queue but it's a theme park like what do you expect he was queuing for maybe 15 minutes in this queue and his only adjective to describe the experience and one that he reached for maybe 12 times a minute at his peak was ridiculous. <laughs> Everything about it was just, it's ridiculous, this. Imagine queuing. They've got restaurants all over the place and they want me to queue. Here, it's ridiculous. And he was getting really angry about it. Like, And then it took a turn. So it was quite funny at that point because he was just being a, a dick. And he, he said this amazing line, imagine having this complaint about a theme park. Right? <laughs> You, <laughs> he's queuing for breakfast the thing about it it's so ridiculous you've got to queue for something you've already paid for <laughs> like, where do you think you are what what concepts do you have of what this place means and so he was getting pissed off about that but then he noticed and his his agony and anger took a, a darker turn for me it became less funny and more oh oh right so you're just a prick um he noticed there was a 
special queue off to the side with a disabled, like the wheelchair icon above it. And he was looking at the people in this queue for a while. Cause I kept looking back. Um, we were talking like me and my mum were just talking in French so that he didn't know we were English and try and get us <laughs> in on it. You know, when people like, Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. On the tube or something where it's like, Oh God, what are they like? And you have to like join in with some, some kind of casual xenophobia yeah exactly (laughs) oh yeah they are god those crazy bye just leave you don't want them on the tube either do you (laughs) um (laughs) je ne sais pas monsieur (laughs) that that just always reminds me of the uh uh merchant story that he tells about uh how he always as a student used to pretend to have some kind of pan global oh, yeah. accent to escape people asking him for like money in the street like chari- yes. for charities and then once like years after being famous someone came up to him and asked asked if he had a moment to talk to a charity he's like uh, i uh, i don't know i don't <laughs> speak english and they, going, and they just went are you Stephen Merchant? <laughs> and his response was just yeah, yeah, yeah. to commit to the bit, and be like, "I don't know who that is. Uh, who is this? Uh, this Merchant? <laughs> Steve Merchant? <laughs> C'est quoi?" <laughs> Which strikes me as something that I'll be doing deep into my years of inevitable fame. Yes, yeah, so, um, I mean, why, why not commit? But yeah, so he noticed this, uh, and I was looking back. Because I was now confident he wasn't going to try and talk to me. I had my sunglasses on, like I was away from his world. Yeah. And he was just looking at it, just shaking his head, seething. And the sad part was that he was, he was probably in his sixties, I'd say, but his son, who was this terribly kind of central casting, awkward teenage years, kind of gangly kid with glasses and a bit of acne, just having to kind of agree with his dad's horrible opinions about like, oh, it's ridiculous, making us wait. The French don't know what they're doing, do they? They'll be better off without us and we'll be better off without them. And the son's like, yeah, dad, yeah, it's ridiculous, isn't it? Just having to kind of go along with it. So I was looking back at him, just shaking his head and getting more and more angry at the concept of disability. (laughs) And he was like, do you know what? Do you know what, lad? I'm more disabled than all of them people in wheelchairs while he stands up. I'm more disabled than all of them. My leg can give way at any minute. My leg could give way now and I have to queue, but you don't see me going to claim my disability breakfast. And the kid was like, yeah, yeah, dad, it's awful, isn't it? Yeah. Just kind of agreeing in the most lackluster way. And he was just ranting so loudly about these people who were maybe 20 feet away. Clearly some, all of them able to understand what he was saying. So they were just looking, kind of laughing at him. Yeah. And then when he got to the front, and this is what made me hate him the most. Didn't know what he, he wanted. He got to the front. Uh, yes, two ways I hate him the most. Thank oh. you for, for doubling my hate. So first of all, he hadn't bothered to work out one of the most simple binary decisions of anyone's life between a savoury or a sweet breakfast option. And uh, he got to the front and the woman who is a French person, it being France, let's remind ourselves, was like, uh, bonjour, sir. And he was like, English. <laughs> She's like, okay, sir. Um, uh, and what, what do you want? Like almost perfect English accent. And he was like, well, what have you got? She's like, well, we have, um, the savory or the sweet option. He was like, well, what, what's in them? And so she gave him, she said, here's the, the menu. You can look. And he was looking, just, it's too small. Can't read it. But then after that initial outburst, he was the most deferential and like, over eager to be like polite and trying to have a little joke with her it's like oh thank you oh it's a long queue isn't it but i didn't mind waiting just like have the courage of your cunty convictions (laughs) you absolute dick 
Like, if you're going to be a dick in the whole queue, don't just bottle out of telling someone at the front. Ugh, hated him, man. So he was a shame. And in fact, most of you, the other English people were a shame. You, you've reminded me of, uh, I, I was at KFC a few weeks ago with uh, the lovely Joe Dange. Oh, yeah, uh, shout out. And- shout out to our episode 25 <laughs> attacker. <laughs> um, and... It was the middle of the night, which is when KFC is, of course, at its busiest. Oh, of course. And its best, remember. Yeah. And so we were queuing to the door uh-huh. to go in, but there wasn't really anywhere else open for food. Um, and there were these absolute cunts in the queue behind us who had this ringleader of a short man who was overly muscular, which is, seems to be the, <laughs> the absolute one-two punch of being a cock in public. <laughs> I find it's anyone who's overly muscular, really. Yeah, but I think that there's something particularly venomous. Uh huh. Do you think he's like a bitter short person? Yes, definitely. Okay. Um, I think it's a, a noted phenomenon. Yeah. <laughs> but he uh, he kept complaining about how long, and it was taking a long while. And uh, and don't get me wrong, Dan and I had uh, had had our complaints as well. As you know, and Neither as, as you perhaps, quiet no, Danj especially being as tall and as naturally loud as he is, <laughs> manages to uh, to to make his anger known even in like a lighthouse. <laughs> this is the longest I've waited for anything in my whole life. <laughs> it's ridiculous. <laughs> uh, and um, but this guy behind us took it to the point that. Um, because there was a system whereby you'd order, then sort of like stand back for a bit, and then when your meal was ready, you'd go up with your receipt to to get it. Ordinary oh, yeah. fast food procedure now. Oh yeah, we've all been there. Um, he didn't believe the man and put his arm across against the wall to stop him going right. in front of it, like further to the front than he was. And was like, "No, mate, no, come on, we're like, right. I, I, I'm not an idiot." I know how this goes. You just go up there and you go and order. Oh, no, you don't. (laughs) I know. Well, this is it. Like, he he kept on for so long. And there was, to the point that it was a real building tension because I I thought he was going to try and fight this man. Because the other guy didn't, the other guy seemed to think it was a joke. Uh Because he was like a a tall black guy. And he was like, sort of going, oh, (laughs) oh, funny. And he was like, no. Was it a joke because he knew that he'd be able to take this guy if he did anything? Well, possibly. But he... He was like, uh, he was dressed in a suit, like he was sort of a, uh-huh. like a middle-aged businessman who just. Oh, happened he was like to have an older to... man that was being harassed. By yeah, his exactly. Idiot. That's the one, and uh, and he was sort of like, oh, <laughs> course, uh, and he was like, no, no, it's not funny, mate. You can't just push in. He's like, no, I'm I'm going to collect my meal. He's like, yeah, we're all here to collect a meal. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, guys, aren't we? We're all in this together. And Dan and I, sign up yeah, and Dan and I were sort of like sharing a glance of, oh fuck, are we going to have yeah. to step in because we can't just stand there while a, a race crime happens? No. But at the same time, I just haven't got time for this. <laughs> and uh, and eventually, the guy just like showed him the receipt. Like he had to get out evidence, like it was the police. Like he was trying to get Come across on. like the evidence line. And then and then the guy did the exact same thing as your northern man and was like oh yeah only having a laugh with you mate only having a laugh yeah go oh, on go on up, up you go it. up I you fucking go hate that so much and was, it's just the cowardice of it to like, just if you're gonna be a prick you have to own it yeah surely that's the very least that you have to like pay back to society or stay in your lane or if you want to do that 
then apologize first profusely yeah. on hand and knee to that man that you say i'm so sorry i'm such a stupid <laughs> educationally subnormal over muscular prick i'm sorry i didn't believe you you were right have my meal as well i'm going home to cry i'm going on the ferry where i belong <laughs> i'm gonna sleep I'm gonna in the stairwell in an aisle yeah. <laughs> gonna go and sleep halfway into a urinal oh dreadful so the last thing i remember uh, last thing I remember is not quite <laughs> that sounds like your mum drugged you for you to come back, <laughs> I had a lot of glotinis <laughs> while I was out there it got pretty hectic um, I was in a bar that was uh, it, we arrived after like the fireworks show which was fucking magical may I say it's the one at Walt Disney World where I've been more has been there for a really long time I'll quickly give you some backstory I don't know if I've told you this before but Walt Disney World, Florida, that's where Walt Disney World is, um, is strongly affiliated with the Make-A-Wish Foundation. Like, they're one of their biggest wish fulfillment mm-hmm. people, as you would expect, it being Disney. so bloody amazing, um, where dreams come true and all that. And uh, one of the Make-A-Wish, one of the most unique Make-A-Wish things they've ever had there was, I think, about a decade ago, and I could be off with the date somewhat, a little girl who had terminal cancer. Her wish was to be somehow part of the park after she was gone because she knew she was dying. And so she wanted to, to be like remembered and to stay around in Disney in some way because it was her favorite place. And the then um, chairman, whoever was in charge of the park then came up with the idea that they'd build their nighttime show. So every night they do, they have it, it's called Illuminations and then the fireworks show. And taken together, it's like 20 minutes or about a quarter of an hour of a castle projection show where they have that amazing like digital projection mapping where it looks like the castle's moving and being painted different colours. All your favourite characters rock up with music and narration. And then the fireworks show is, as you'd expect, fireworks and that. And they made this show called Wishes and they got her to sing a little song, which was... um it had some lyrics from when you wish upon a star and it had some original lyrics about like wishes, wishes. It goes something make your dream come true like this. And they had the little girl sing it. So it's incredibly like, even if you don't know the backstory, you can kind of intuit it because she's obviously not, it's obviously a child singing and it's fairly obvious why that would be the case. And their pledge was to um, keep it there until I think until the parents died so that they'd always have their, their daughter at the park to, uh, yeah, which is a really nice thing to do. And it's a really lovely show, but it's also quite old, right? So I've been seeing the three times I've been to that park, I've seen the same relatively old show, whereas they've just redone because it's the 25th anniversary of Disneyland Paris in the same year that I'm 25. So that's a, we're, we're the same age. I like that. They've redone all their stuff for the 25th anniversary. And it's just mad. Like it's like being in a club. Some they have all these lasers that come down, like a big sea of lasers. Like you're about to be in some kind of Swedish house mafia rave, and then just the Lion King starts. It was just absolutely mad. They had haze mach- machines and like water fountains. Not, not like the drama barn. The- <laughs> That machine was the absolute bane of art. But yes, so after that, that's always the last thing that happens. Then they shut the park and you, you leave. So we went home via the Le Disney Village, which is the like bars and 
shops and stuff bit where they try and get you to spend even more money. And there's one bar there that does live music, but it was just ending as we arrived. And when it didn't have live music, it was a very unpleasant setup for a bar because it looked like, um, it looked like a scene in a prison movie where there's going to be a riot because you walk into this giant rectangular space, which would normally be like a dance floor with a stage at one end. And all the seating is like the, the levels of the floor around the outside going upwards. So there were like three floors where you could overlook this dance floor. And it had that vibe of when there'd be a scene where they're like shuffling back to their cells and then you hear a commotion from the main hall yeah. and they'd all come and look over the rails and there'd be someone like be a thrown over someone to death. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. So it was quite an ominous atmosphere and it was also quite empty apart from this baby. He must've been about two just dancing its heart out. It was the most heartwarming thing. It was just dancing to the quietest music in its own head, living its <laughs> life at like 1am. It was amazing. <laughs> There was one other family who rocked up and they were sitting, unfortunately, in that way that only problematic people do. There's the whole bar of space. They came to sit right next to us, like the table behind. And they were talking about um, Disney stuff originally, like uh, some series that they've been watching. I think like the little girl had been watching some series on the Disney Channel. And then the adults started talking about TV more broadly and came onto the topic of Twin Peaks. And I was only half listening to this conversation until I heard Twin Peaks. And then I kind of tuned in a bit more. And I had missed quite a lot of the setup, but they were basically bemoaning the most recent series. And, Wrong. Uh, saying that it's like, it's, it's, oh, it's just a bit hard to follow now. I just, um, I think he's lost his way a bit, David. And this one sentence that I've written down. I took a note of it then and there on the spot, quite a little bit drunk at like one thirty in the morning because I had to remember it verbatim. This sentence is, um, there is no shorter way to misunderstand every single element of Twin Peaks, which is admittedly a fairly obscure show, but there are certain elements of it that are kind of set in stone and that aren't open for interpretation. And one of those is, um, the main character uh, and their their method of death. So the sentence was as follows from a woman who I'd say was probably about mid-40s, maybe 50. She paused for a bit and just said, yeah, well, it had gone downhill since Laura Parman was killed by that bear. <laughs> Laura Parman was killed by that bear. And I just turned. I was just like, I, 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 she must have noticed because she just sort of smiled at me. It was like, all right. And I just couldn't say anything back. I like lost the ability to interact with another person. What has, what is she thinking? <laughs> what has she seen? <laughs> Where La Laura Palmer has got to be like one of the most famous names in all of fiction. Who killed Laura Palmer? Like that's just, if everyone knows that sentence. Yeah. Everyone knows that name. Even if you don't know the origin of it, you know, Laura Palmer, not Laura Parman. After, <laughs> after, all that, after all that stuff with the dwarf and a giant and a <laughs> magic been out to bear. Have been a bear. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to be fair, like if if it had, if in her mind somehow she's mixed up the fucking what's that the film where he fights the bear? Oh, the 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 revenant. <laughs> yeah, if she's mixed up the revenant and Twin Peaks, then that is a disappointing ending, and I yeah. would think it had gone <laughs> yeah. downhill. But just like, how have you? 
comprised I d- it's just very odd i didn't know what to think about it other than to share it here so that we've uh we can maybe revel in that together maybe maybe uh maybe she thinks that ray wise is just a bear <laughs> that's, maybe, maybe that's yeah. she just sees him <laughs> like that <laughs> very differently yeah to everyone else that's so, so yeah, bad that was um that's disneyland that's laura palmer and a bear she should get together with uh my cousin's husband who uh, can't watch the office <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> we, should, we should get them to review stuff <laughs> <laughs> i liked the office it wasn't i mean because i have worked at an office and i do know a man like david brent but just didn't like that bit with a bear yeah <laughs> didn't see that coming for david brent dreadful idiots but yeah that's i'll probably think of more disneyland things as they become relevant but i think we should barrel on to uh our regular feature shame shame mail, mail. and what We've a had- shame it has become. We've had two this week, so I think should we go with the skeleton thing rather than there has been another thought sent our way. Uh, we've got thought three. I, I think just we leave thought, thought three. Two. Did we read thought two? I don't think so. Oh, maybe I'll have a look at it now. Uh, but also, we've got a longer one about. Yes. Oh yeah. Okay. Thought two is a very easy one. If the if a tree falls in the forest, <laughs> that forest, <laughs> you know the forest. And there's a dead guy. Does it make a sound? Um, I'm not going to engage with that <laughs> stupid question. Up your game. They have upped their game because thought three, as we'll get on to in the next episode, it's is troubling AF. back to form. But we've had an email from Emily. Shout out as ever. And uh, do you have it up or shall I read? I've got it up. I've got it up. Do you want me, do you want me to you have a read? To come through. Um, yeah. I, I, I figure we start with uh, she uh, sends us her greetings as ever, and uh, is trying to avoid a dissertation at the moment, something mm-hmm. we've all been through. So uh, our hearts go out to you. Hashtag pray for yeah. Emily. Uh, yeah. But she says, episode 25 made me laugh so hard I did a weird cough and nearly choked and died. Thank you, Emily. That's what we're going for. Yeah. Uh, there was some wheezing. <gasps> Manslaughter. Probably. That's funny because it looks like man's laughter. Yeah. I think that was the pun. Maybe. Maybe not. I don't know if I'm giving Emily that much credit. Okay. <laughs> Uh, also, whoever emailed in about wet skeletons needs to take a lot of hard look at them. I saw a lot of wet skeletons at the Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> yeah. Do you carry this fact around with you always? Does it make you I feel did. powerful that you could unleash it at any moment and make people aware of the damp, moist nature of their bones? Uh, and then Emily's thoughts mirroring my own here. Horrific, please stop. Certainly. Thank you also for condemning the Doctor Who drivel with appropriate vigour. That's quite uh, right. Finally, please report Alan please it's like the beginning of an episode of wire in the blood <laughs> i can't alan has done me a real solid this week and uh oh, has he? Yeah, I, I, I rang him up to see if he'd be okay to cover me for like a few days and he said he'd cover yeah. me for a whole week so i think he's covering you because it's now his alibi <laughs> so, well it can't have been me that killed those girls with eight different knots <laughs> i was at work never been to south rice lip never once in my life <laughs> have you okay. seen this world record <laughs> <laughs> you won't believe who hasn't broken it yet. <laughs> uh, content proposal restaurants. Mm. Posh and proper grim and dirty diners or chains or cafes. Oh Any my. shameful anecdotes about shameful restaurant experiences, let us know. Mm. I have to have a think. Yeah, I think that we can maybe talk about that next uh Yeah. Next I'm episode. Sure I've got some because I've got material. I'm I, I'm certain I've got a few in mind at the moment. But uh, uh-huh. we've already run an hour and ten minutes. Wow. And we were going to make this a short episode. I know. So I've got 
25,000 words to write about different hi-fis that I've never used. <laughs> it's actually got to the point in my f- content writing. I was going to use the word career, but I, <laughs> I almost choked on the idea <laughs> that I'm now writing about a bit of audio equipment so obscure that I don't, I've written about 10,000 words and I still don't know what it is. It's just a part of a like sound system that no one's ever heard of. So uh, all's well and good there. Carry on with the email though. I, that was all I was going to read. The rest is just a, a goodbye and a, oh, yeah. a bit of confused <laughs> rambling about Christmas. Oh, I can't wait for our Christmas episode. I know. It's going to be... Uh, it's going to be eight hours long. If that. I think it's going if. to be like an episode a day. Oh, yeah. 12 days of show. Oh! Oh, my God. That's such a well, good that's idea. that well decided. Done. See you there, guys. That's going to be lovely. Yes, well, thank you, Emily, for that email. We'll discuss restaurants uh, maybe next episode. I'll yeah. put it on my list, certainly. Yeah, pop it on there. Now. And then I think, should we hop over to Hooked? I think we should. I think we should do a little bit. We, we have we'll do a really episode. neglected Hooked. We have. Um, so I feel like we owe it to listeners. We certainly owe it to Noah. Um, I, I mean, if no one else. Thank you also, <laughs> Noah, for your tweet of people singing, living on a prayer in some field of desolation. <laughs> Noah, how do you end up in what looks to be some of the bleakest places? <laughs> you look like you're about to be Jonestown massacred. I think he's an investigative journalist of sorts, <laughs> reporting live from different final... It looked like um, a field made out of people who exclusively collect tinned food because they're sure the apocalypse is around the corner, <laughs> just around the riverbed. Ferry goers, you say? That's them, Thought Park Ferry goers. I did see uh, Noah tweeting saying that he wants to go camping, uh, and I feel like I should probably put him in touch with Alan, see if they yeah. want to do a little... That's the partnership made in heaven. You won't need to know any knots. Alan has them <laughs> down. <laughs> if you need to know which way the wind's going to blow, it's always the right way when Alan's there. <laughs> the camera lens is very pleased about Static. <laughs> so, to recap what I have grasped of this... <laughs> inverted commas story thus far yeah there is a girl she is called emily is it i can't remember yep. which one's which to be fair i'm playing emily okay um, and is emily the emily has a boyfriend or? called derek right i'm sorry about that I and she is uh she's on a date with him at the coffee oh, house yeah. and her friend andrea messages to say he's only a serial killer he's only one of those cult men because he who's killed sasha and uh, but it turns out that Sasha is she's, uh, right she's alive and she's there with yeah. them, just right next to them with so, her tattoo. So I'll be honest, I don't know what's going on. But what had happened most recently was um, she was like, "Stay there, I'm coming to meet you guys." And then within one second, they'd fucked off. She was like, "Oh, by the way, I've left. We're going to his house now, where I'll definitely be cult massacred <laughs> if this story has anywhere to go." Where should we pick it up from? Uh, I think thirty-six minutes later. Okay. 36 minutes later we, is it me no it's me no she okay good we just got to the house where is it i don't know it's kind of isolated out here what's it look like <laughs> my characters have got right idea <laughs> it's a big brick house with white <laughs> with white columns what does the house look like well it's a it's a, a, a house <laughs> uh with white columns surrounded by trees Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> Your favourite word. It's quiet out here. What's going on in my back? Can you hear that? Yeah, is there some sort of frat party going on? I think it's some on? kind of... I'm being spooky quiet. Let me have a look. It's absolutely animal house yeah, going on. It's horrid tourists. Oh, probably come off the ferry. No. With a vengeance. <laughs> Never been okay. happier to see dry land. 
let's pretend that it's part of the ambience of this spooky quiet yeah. forest though it's quiet uh, out here like spooky quiet where's derek he and sasha went in the kitchen to get us something to drink oh boring they told me to wait in the living room i thought you were meeting their friends yeah they're in the sunroom what the fuck the is that a sunroom is that a conservatory if it is i'm going to fire <laughs> the whole concept of america <laughs> i don't think they talk like at all <laughs> okay you mean they're just sitting out there silently yeah <laughs> this is a non-sequitur derek told me they are deeply religious oh yeah he said i should be quote quote tolerant of their eccentricities andrea really channeling me here what the hell does that mean emily channeling me fuck (laughs) if i know (laughs) yeah you should come home em this is too risky tell derek you're feeling sick i don't think he'll believe me andrea omg he's coming back in i'll text you in a few (laughs) (laughs) one hour and 43 (laughs) minutes later how needlessly specific emily are you okay i'm getting worried i'm okay these people are weird though (laughs) i said i needed to go to the bathroom so i could text you well you shouldn't have told them that (laughs) yeah (laughs) what's going on they all seem brainwashed except derek even Mm. sasha does whatever he says i thought his friends didn't talk derek said they were praying in the sunroom they all came in after that and kept asking me questions so so it turns out that it's not that they don't talk they would just (laughs) happen to be busy (laughs) yeah questions like what about the stuff i'm into the things i like or whatever they're being really friendly to me oh no i've run out of hoots hoots. oh we both ran out of the same point that's really weird there's a button though when you've run out of speed up time (laughs) (laughs) who knew that this app had that power so look, this has been episode twenty-six. A bold return to form after I was about to what say feels like months. literally those words. Were you? Yeah. That can only mean that it's the most perfectly accurate <laughs> description of this hour and thirteen minutes of art that I've ever encountered. Um, yeah, let's do some plugs. That's over to you. Yes, we've been a bit lax on the old uh, social media front. What with us? Oh yeah, we need to explain our bonus episodes all over the place. Uh, yes, we did uh, promise a bonus episode on Friday, but given that Isaac was on holiday and I was in another country and quite busy, uh, yeah. that we didn't manage to put it out. But we will have it out for yes. next Friday. So that means you have extra time to join the mailing list. And you can find that by visiting shame.city. Slash mail. Oh, is that will that take you specifically to it? Well, I think so. The first time you visit the website, it will ask you to do it anyway it's very obnoxious very obnoxious box (laughs) it's quite an affront no need to thank me as someone who often has to check it in incognito mode uh, (laughs) it won't go away and if you're lucky enough to visit on mobile it blocks about two-thirds of the screen it's the whole site (laughs) so yeah shame.city slash mail get involved that bonus episode is going to be a real treat but you can find us on twitter well you can find the show uh, mm-hmm. at that's a shame cast uh, you can there. email us as the wonderful emily has and the less wonderful thought monster thought. <laughs> has uh, at tas at shame.city or by our contact form on the website yes you can find isaac on twitter at isaac bd or you can find yes. myself at cynical declan uh but until True. wednesday <sighs> yes that's been it hasn't it this has been episode 26 yeah. i've had a absolute blast I have had a wonderful time. And uh, we'll see you guys on the flip side. Peace out.
Bye. Necessities, simple bare necessities. Forget about your worries and your strife. I mean the bare necessities, oh Mother Nature's recipes that bring the bare necessities of life. Some honey just for me The bare necessities of life Will come to you Come to